So welcome to this episode of the Zen Teachings Podcast. I'm really excited tonight. I'm talking to someone I've met and been very impressed with, Dr. Rachel. She's a licensed clinical psychologist with over a decade of experience in psychology, supporting people to take inspired action to connect to self-discovery, healing, healthy habits, and enhancing balance and living life passionately and authentically. She helps her patients unpack old, unconscious wounds, discover their voice, learn healthy boundaries, connect deeper to core values, learn to trust their intuition, and experience empowerment in their lives. Across her work, Dr. Rachel encourages mindfulness, self-compassion, spiritual development, and cultivating an unwavering sense of worth. You can find more of her practicalism and accessible how-tos. I'll also give her a chance to, to give her own shout-outs, but at heydrrachel.com. And that's heydrrachel.com. Um, and on Instagram, it's powerpurposepros. She's also got a YouTube channel. Um, I was very fortunate that she reached out. She saw these Zen Teachings uh, page and thought that we would probably share some things in common. Turns out we did. We actually tried to do a podcast last week, but we're both a little better at mindfulness than technology. And so here we are at our second attempt. So, Rachel, uh, thank you for joining. Hi, Rudy. It's my pleasure. I'm 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 so grateful to get to talk to you again. Oh, me too. Thank you. I really I had a great time. Our last last conversation. I just wish it was. Uh, it was recorded. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. so we talked. Um, we wanted to do it. We had a great connection the first time. Um, and I asked what you thought would be good with your practice and what you're experiencing, what you thought would be a relevant topic. And if you don't mind, I'm going to just go ahead and read what you sent over, and we can kind of sure. use that as a launch pad. So when I asked, um, she said relationships are a critical component of our overall well-being. The healthier and more mindful we are in ourselves, the more safe, enriched, and nourished our relationships will be with others. It can be difficult to stay regulated in relationships, often because others can trigger internal states that are unpleasant. When we're triggered by something someone else has said or done, it's often because of an old relational trauma, an unmet need, or an area in ourselves that we judge harshly or feel insecure about. Relationships are the best teachers we have to better learn how to take care of our pain points, nurture our triggers, and get curious about what gets in the way about having healthy, reciprocal, safe, and satisfying relationships. Mindfulness can help us slow down enough to check in with ourselves and to find the space to ask ourselves what we most need and want in our relationships and in what ways we can cultivate that for ourselves. It gives us the chance to get curious, present, and take responsibility for caring for ourselves wholly, which invariably opens up to others who will follow suit. So there is a lot to unpack in that proposition for a discussion. <laughs> what, uh, what jumps out at you, Rudy, out, out of that? What compels you the most to sort of um, bring to life in discussion? Well, I, I think what jumps out a lot to me is absolutely, I think, relationships. I mean, they, they in a sense, kind of define our experience of life, how we interact with mm-hmm. others, has a lot to do with what we get out of the world, um, how happy we feel, how fulfilled we feel. And, of course, the dangers of picking the right person, be that as a romantic relationship or even as a friendship, and how the wrong person can have a negative impact. 
And from my point of view, I think it's kind of important to really know yourself before you can explore that with somebody else. And I heard a saying once that, you know, everybody comes with baggage. The trick is to find someone that helps you unpack it. You know, you're not mm. going to find somebody who is going to mm. be baggage-free as we've all lived, on, lived in the world for a number of years. We have had our experiences. So I think it's, it's a really interesting topic. Yeah, that's a be- that's a beautiful quote. I've never heard that before, and I really like that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what I was trying to emphasize and relay there is that relationships are such opportunities, really, for us, as you said, to sort of um, understand ourselves better and take responsibility for ourselves around things that might still need some support or healing or, you know, at, at the very least, reflection Um, and I think mindfulness is this wonderful tool that we can rely on when things in relationships with others get tough which inevitably they they will at some point or another and I think I I see people in my work struggle often with um, feeling frustrated by someone or irritated or or, you know, act out in ways that they end up really regretting. And so I I can, you know, encourage people to use mindfulness to give themselves the chance to sort of slow down enough to get curious about what's happening for them that other people they're in relationship with hits on. Oh, that – do you find that – kind of piggybacking a little bit on that, I think that – for sure, we have things in our relationships to that that are frustrating and so on. I think that people now sometimes lack the tools to appropriately deal with that. Um, and, that and that's why I, I find mindfulness and, and responding well uh, to different different things if they're adverse or irritating about your partner or whatever it is. I think that we've gotten to a place where we're so interconnected, especially with Internet, Tinder, and Bumble and everything else, where it's just easy to meet somebody new, right? So the second that I don't like you or, or, I'm, or mm. I'm irritated, I think that people kind of bail quickly. And, and I think a lot of times, A, they don't have the, the value for the relationship, but B, don't necessarily have the coping tools. Hmm. That's really interesting because I, well, so I, 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 I'm, I'm finding myself feeling like you know, if a relationship you're in with someone isn't nurturing and uplifting, like you said, it isn't helping you unpack the baggage, but is just sort of adding more crap onto your already full plate of stuff you have to contend with in yourself, then, you know, I think actually mindfulness can be a strategy to relinquish relationships in your life that aren't right. I think actually people, mm-hmm. I see a lot of people stay in relationships far too long because of fear, you know, that stems from being alone forever or not feeling worth more than this person they're with. And I think that, that to me, feels far more dangerous, perhaps. Um, But I hear what you're saying, too. There's, like, this challenge you see a lot of people have, and I don't disagree with sort of being willing to put in the work to make a relationship or a friendship you know, be able to be sustained. So that is an interesting sort of balance. 
It is, and I, I certainly agree that if you're in an unhealthy relationship, uh, yeah, you shouldn't stick around. If people do stay around way too long, I guess what would be interesting is where do we define that? You know, if if I were if someone were to come to you, how how do you determine that this is something that's maybe worth the work and you could possibly do a little better yourself too, or you know you need to get away from this person. They're toxic. It's time to go. Right. I think, you know, it it totally depends on how distressed each person in the relationship is, on how, you know, severe the conflicts become. I mean, if there's ever, you know, a safety issue or if, you know. And I think, honestly, my experience is that the partners know, you know, whoever is in relationship on some very deep level knows whether or not this is right for them. And and I think it's my job to help them clear the muck enough to be able to to face that truth for themselves. I can't really say, you know, I mean, I can have an impression based on what they're sharing with me is right and healthy for them. But, yeah, so I think it really it's nuanced and it depends. Um, But ultimately, I will say, I think there are some general rules around healthy relationships. And I think they're one, you know, a healthy relationship is one in which there's reciprocity. You know, both both people have space to work through conflict in ways that feel safe and respectful and effective, even if it's hard. You know, both partners feel heard and understood and respected and, and that there are shared values and and that the fundamentals are in place enough to be able to work through anything else and and that there's communication that um, they can both rely on uh, you know coming together to work through whatever it is that comes up mm-hmm. I think those are absolutely necessary um, I found in my in my and I guess I can give a little bit about my background. I've yeah. in past relationships. If you've ever found yourself, if you've had a, you've been in relationships and you're arguing, and then sometimes it seems like you're in a fight, you know. And 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 what I've shared with past relationships and so on is that we shouldn't really ever be fighting to win. Because I feel like if if mm-hmm. Rachel and I get into an argument, for me to win necessarily you have to lose, which means you feel bad, and I, I guess if I'm twisted, would, would feel good. And the converse is true as well. If you're arguing to win, then I'm going to end up feeling bad. And I think that people get so sucked up in the moment, and this is where I think the mindfulness comes in, you get caught up in that totally natural impulse to win a confrontation. But, of course, I'm not talking physical. I'm talking, you know, it could be, about how to do the dishes or who should take out the trash. I mean, something where you're just arguing that we lose sight of the bigger goals. You know, I, I think that the argument should always be for the betterment of the relationship and not necessarily to win a specific, uh, specific incident. And so to me, I think that honesty is key. You know, I mean, the idea with a, with a relationship, in my opinion, is to have someone who can help you through life and to be kind of a co-pilot. I mean, if we say that if we go with, with your thinking in terms of the shared values, um, the basic moral alignment, mm-hmm. then two brains are better than one. 
Um, and since right. we all make sure. mistakes, you know, you're probably able, when I'm about to do something stupid, you could maybe tell me, hey, you know, you're about to step into this pothole. And, and as long as we have a trust and honesty there, and right. I think as, as long as both partners are aiming towards the good, and I guess that's what I mean by the the arguing and not arguing so that Rudy's right or arguing so that Rachel's right, but arguing for the betterment of the relationship. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really powerful, actually. I think that's a really vital insight, you know, and, and I, I, I would wonder about the impulse any one person had in a relationship to be right. You know, what is that, what is that need that they have? Is that like a sense of feeling power in the dynamic? Do they feel, um, you know, unseen in other ways and that this is like this way to grasp that, uh, you know, whatever it is. But so I think those are opportunities to really look at where is that prideful stance coming from and why and and how is that getting in the way and are there other more effective ways that communicating that means specifically. Um, and, you know, one thing that we say often in therapy, in the realm and the sphere of therapy, is that it's never about the dishes, right? Like it's never about there's so, there's the layers go so deep. And so, you know, if there is an argument about the dishes, that is an indication of someone's need not being seen or met, really, and 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 a, and a, a disintegration of the partnership. And so I really like what you were saying about, you know, that, that at some point the relationship becomes greater than either individual's um, triggers or, or whatever, that it really becomes about nurturing and protecting the relationship than it does yourself. Oh, I think that, but I, you made some really good points about if you're in a bad relationship having to leave, and I do believe that we're too quick to, to bail, but that's assuming that both partners are have good intentions, which certainly some don't. Some people are deceptive. Some people are, you know, abusive, and you need to get the hell out of those relationships. You right. know, but assuming that we're both, we would like the good, right, other than you know, to the extent that we're capable of doing it as two human beings who are capable of all kind of stupid things, and we'll probably do stupid things tomorrow, um, but assuming that we have the, the idea that we want the relationship to work, I've just I've found that you can't make somebody who doesn't want help get help or, or be helped, rather, which I'm sure you've experienced in your practice if, if someone someone's parents, say, bring them in because they're acting up in school, but they don't think they have a problem, and they're really not trying to hear you. I don't know right. how effective counseling, force counseling, things like that can be, whereas if if we both have the idea that we want it to work, that's where I think you look at more the meta goal as opposed to the dishes or, or what have you. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so like it sounds like you're saying it, there needs to be invested energy in making it work, and I think certainly, and, and even if there is, it, it doesn't always mean that the relationship will will live on, and I think that's okay too, you know, I think not every relationship may be meant, you know, to last a lifetime, or and, and I think Dan Savage talks a lot, he's a 
sex and love columnist in Seattle, and he talks a lot about, you know, the way that our culture and society views the success of relationships and, and, and that some people stay in relationships over the course of a lifetime and are miserable. And mm-hmm. it's, it's totally shut down and there's no real intimacy and love. And, um, and that just because though they've stuck it out, that somehow we deem that as being successful. Whereas if someone's in a partnership and they do put in the effort to make it work and it only lasts for six months or a year and they, come to a place where they realize it's not right for them, that was, you know, that's a success. If they're able to leave that, learn about themselves and what they need moving forward from themselves and in relationships, you know, then then that's really what it was for. Um, no, I so I like to, yeah, yeah. No, no, I that is really deep. I agree with you on that. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I was just going to add that I think, you know, every relationship we have is, 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 you know, people in our lives that come are teachers and they're opportunities for us. They come and, and meet a need, I think, for us to further develop in our own process. Um, and so in that way, you know, every relationship is a rich one, even if it's really tumultuous and conflicted and, I think if people, to your point, you know, if people are willing to be reflective, to take a conscious, mindful stance, it's incredible what can happen uh, from relationships that work and relationships that don't. It doesn't really matter so much as it, you know, so much as it is how you, how much, how open you are to learning from it. So why do we have, because I've been in relationships that went, way beyond what they should have. We should have broken up a long time ago. Um, and then and then there's times where you, you may regret and think, maybe I should have put in more effort. You know, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had that experience, I can speak for myself. But why do you think it is that people stay when they should go or, or I guess, leave when they should stay? I mean, what is it that, that makes somebody... I think there's something to the idea of the old saying, you know, the devil you know is better than the one you don't and that kind of thing. I think maybe right. people get stuck there. Right. You know, because, yeah, he hits me, but at least he doesn't do that. Or she hits me, but right. at least she doesn't do this. You know, so you can kind of, it's this chaos that you are at least used to and you're, and you're right. aware of the the boundaries, but that's certainly not healthy. Right? I mean, it's, right. it's not. Yeah. It's just, interesting in finding that line and then something that I started doing that that has helped is that anytime you know we have to understand and accept that even though everybody's right from their point of view it takes two people in a relationship so oftentimes mm-hmm. now if I argue mm-hmm. I will try to step back and say what did I do that could have caused this or could have right Sure. made it worse than it already is. And uh, I'd ask that whoever I'm with do the same. You know, and then you kind of, you can calm down and, and re-examine some of your own behavior. And right. again, I think that's, that I think is a tool that is possible only because of, um, for me personally, because like, I tend to be by nature, I, for, I have a lot of, impulsive tendencies, but I think meditation mm. has really mm. uh, helped me to, to take that extra breath. 
you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that people do need to they, they stay when they when they should leave. And you're absolutely right. So I yeah, I don't know what do you think Inter- the motivation there is. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sort of sharing a little bit about you know your own process around some of this, and there's a lot of merit to this idea of. Um, owning your part in a in a dynamic and I learned this from Marianne Williamson who I just idolize and I and I use this in my work with people who come in to the office and complain about their partners and and I say and I learned this from Marianne you know 90% let's just say 90% is your partner you know you're here now so we have the 10% to work with and I think that's Mm -hmm. imperative for people to own what's what's either keeping them in a relationship that isn't working, preventing them from leaving, you know, or or leaving one that could potentially be really good for them, but that they're too scared to, you know, get into the nitty-gritty of intimacy with. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, as as you sort of read in, in the intro, that I pointed to traumas, you know, we, we – we have working models of relationships that live really deep inside our psyches and our, even ourselves, you know, and that we learn very early on about what relationships are and what we can expect from them and what we can expect from other people in our lives. So, so if we didn't have good models for healthy, reciprocal, loving relationships, we're going to struggle with that unless we really do the hard work to learn and deprogram some of that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a lot of self-limiting thoughts. I can't do better. You know, this is the best it's going to get for me. I'm not worth better than this. Like, it's not that bad, like you were saying. So does that come from a bad model? If we take the idea then of, of having, we have these ingrained ideas of what a relationship should be. Do we right. run from good relationships or stay in bad relationships because we don't have the proper mental representation of what a healthy relationship is? Or is it more that we don't value ourselves. Well, it's it's. I'd say it's it's a culmination of factors. It's both of those. I'd say depending, and then it's also society, it's culture, it's familial expectations. It's you know where developmentally potentially, um, it's all of those things. I'd say that goes into someone's choices when it comes to this. If if the choices they're making remain unexamined and that's where mindfulness and meditation kicks in for all of this that it provides this wonderful opportunity to slow down enough with ourselves to really figure out what's ours and what isn't and the stuff that isn't ours that also isn't working for us in our lives because we're not happy in this relationship or we would have been happy had we have stayed potentially you know that gives us the chance to say like what is this that I, why do I keep getting in my own way here? And how sure, can I stop doing that? Sure, because we see patterns, right? That? People do right. the same thing over and over. Right, so, exactly. So, yeah, right. how can we stop doing that? Yeah, and that's where I think, you know, therapy definitely kicks in or devoted meditation practice or, you know, seeking out these opportunities to challenge old ways of being and then really figure out how you can you know, try those on and take the risk. And I think fear is a big part of this. You know, people are frightened a lot of the time. (laughs) I mean, really, fear is powerful Mm -hmm. 
you know, for a lot of people and it keeps people small and stuck in relationships and in a million other ways. So, and, and relationships are, are, you know, fertile ground for fragility and rejection and, you know, and that's hard. Those things are hard. And if people don't have a strong sense of uh, resiliency or, or ultimate sort of just like knowing how worthy they are or confidence, um, that, that then the fear just will win because they can't bear the thought, their ego, and if that's sort of the one running the show, can't bear, can't bear a conflict or a rejection. So people don't say what they need. They, they, you know. So, yeah, I think fear is another big part of the whole story here when it comes to relationships that people are in that aren't working for them. Yeah, you know, that makes a ton of sense. And it kind of goes back to is it the chicken or the egg, right? I mean, from my point of view, I've kind of had the belief that you, we don't know who we are and we change. I'm certainly not the same person at 30 that I was at 20 that I was at 10. And I'm sure I'll be different by the time I'm 50, but you have to kind of have a sense of who you are before you can really be with someone. However, that, kind of what you what you're saying it's 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 a tough area to navigate because we're all constantly evolving constantly growing um and hopefully. maybe we, hopefully hopefully <laughs> you know? hopefully hopefully i mean no i i really i mean i think some people don't and aren't and that's the problem mm-hmm. so yeah i think the more people do take take themselves to task to grow, to transform, to evolve, then they then they attract people who are doing the same and they can be sure that then they're on the same path of evolving in ways that are aligned with one another. And if they're not, they'll know how to figure it out together because they're conscious, they're online. So I think that's the biggest part of it. That's actually what you're saying, you know, that's the prerequisite for health, that you are growing and transforming. And if you are, you'll you'll find people to do that with. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a, that's a beautiful way to put it. That's very good. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm I'm glad that 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 resonates. Yeah. It does very much so. I guess my only um, I don't know <laughs> what I see a lot of, and again, just to go back, and certainly there's relationships that need to go. But I find that, I don't know if it's because of the fear that you just alluded to or the refusal to grow that some people exhibit. You know, we do tend to, we can't stand to look in the mirror. You know, we can't stand to see what did I do to to get us here? How did I contribute? No matter what it is, you're 100% responsible for your 50%. You didn't, you know, make it great on your own, you'd make it terrible on your own. And I think that sometimes we get into a danger of being so instant gratification and there's there's so much different mm-hmm. stimuli out there that we just don't put in the work sometimes. I can take it back there a little bit. Um, and, I, and I guess it's just it's a kind of having to know yourself, to know when it is a instance of having to put in the work versus when it's time to, to move on. Right. Yeah, and and I guess you know it is. It it can be, it can feel like hard work, 
And the truth is, it's only through, you know, that type of, and you talk about this often, Rudy, in, in the martial arts practice and meditation can be really hard, you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's the fact that it's challenging on some level that makes it so incredibly enriching. And it ultimately becomes this worthwhile achievement. And then I do think you get to a point where you've achieved some stability of internal security because now you've developed the skills, you've put in the work, you know what it takes. And it's a practice that someone has to cultivate every day, uh, but it feels aligned with who you are. So it's like, of course you're going to do this thing for yourself and for your partner and your friends and your family. You know, it's like you don't even, you get to a point where it's like it doesn't make sense to do anything else. Um, Right. Yeah. Right. And if it's a healthy relationship, then you want it to flourish. And um, anything you can do that would help that doesn't really seem like work. And I think that's one of the things, especially if you're in a in a long term relationship. I think the 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 goal and to keep in mind that I see people missing out on is that we we jump into stuff a little bit too fast. I know people that are in, they wake up and they're 32, let's say, and they feel like they're behind some societal clock and then all their friends are getting married so they get married you know and it's like you've been dating the guy for a month and here you're engaged and you're here this is the love of your life and that that, that may be true maybe you maybe it's one of those hit by lightning bolt type situations but probably not you know and and i think that people jump into things a lot of times to to please others, and and it really what you said in the beginning resonated to me in terms of how we deem a successful relationship. I can tell you that in my and because of what we say, oh, they lasted 50 years, that's a successful relationship. When really they were miserable 45 years, and they should have, you know, a, a right. parted at that time. But I can right. just I, I see it all the time. People and that are a little younger than me, and one of them gets engaged. And then all of a sudden, it's like a cascade. Eight, nine girls are all engaged, mm-hmm. and and it and it's almost like a keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Right. And I, right. I think that we don't take marriage and relationships serious enough. You know, I mean, it's not it's not about what other people think. It's about what you're getting out of life, out of it, what your partner's getting out of it, and more importantly, what you all bring to the relationship. Together, you know, and I like that idea. Of, I was at a wedding not too long ago, and part of the tradition—it's probably in, I've seen it in a couple, but I, I just recently saw this where the bride and the groom each have a candle, you know, and then there's one candle in the middle, and then then whatever words are said, they light the candle together, and then there's that one flame, right? And so. I think the idea, if we're doing it right, is that the man shouldn't be in charge, the woman shouldn't be in charge. It should be that light. It should be the relationship. Yeah. And and so we're so if you if there's anything you're subordinate to, it is not to your husband. It's not to your wife. It's to the relationship. And if if your goals are proper, if your methodology, if your intent is pure, and again, if you're aiming at being the very best person, the very best version of yourself that you can. And I think those are the ones that can and should work out. And, and But if it's about me, 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 and if it's about 
you know, being right in the moment, then you're doomed because part of, you know, vows is the whole in sickness and in health and, and and things are going to go wrong and things are going to, people can't help but push your buttons, so to speak. And if we're ready to go at the drop of a hat, I, I think that's kind of a bad, bad recipe. But I, but I also, again, I see the, the other side of it. So it's just something that maybe having a deeper understanding of yourself, having a support system, people to talk to, bounce off ideas off of, um, we just kind of navigate it. There may not be a clear, this is right, this is wrong. Right, right. That was really beautiful. Yeah, I think you're you're hitting on something important, you know, along those lines, which is people struggle with um not knowing, you know, and, and the ambiguity and, and the muck, you know, and, and there's so much of that in relationships. And it is hard to tolerate, you know, if you if you feel like your partner's mad at you or if you've done something that you regret. And, and there are different types of ways that, you know, we relate to each other. And so anyway, I think finding harmony and, and cultivating um a loving, patient stance and, and owning your own emotional regulation in the face of the difficulties is imperative um, if you want to be in a healthy relationship. And one thing I just want to add, I can't help but continue to bring this to mind, is another Dan Savage quote. Um, he always says, you know, when it comes to settling down, there is some settling for you know, and he talks about the price of admission. You know, is this, it's sort of like, you know, what are you willing to put up with to be with this person who invariably is, is going to be flawed, like you said, to your point, you know. Um, and so so there will have to be a practice of, of letting go of the things that drive you up the wall because of the other things that you've decided mean enough to you to be with this person. Um, so yeah, I think, nice. you know, and the more conscious you are every single day in your life, the more able you are to navigate that, I'd say. That's absolutely right. And I think I, I always sound like I'm just harping on social media and, and, and everything else and being down on it, but I think it's tougher now for people because the second you're married and your husband gets a little bit fat and then you flip on your Instagram and there's some guy with a six pack. Um, there's just so much more temptation and then you don't have the idea of, as you just said, what are you going to settle for? And you start, instead of being happy where you are, you're miserable where you're not, you know, and you start, you're looking everywhere, but appreciating what you actually have and where you are. And I think that a little bit of gratitude and, um, a little bit of self-reflection and, and if you said monitoring your own emotional environment, internal environment, could go a long way. You know, but that's, I think that's about that. Well, I think that's so, a lovely, uh, yeah, that, I, I, there's not much more than that to say. I, you know, that was well put. Well, I, well, I think, um, I think we can, covered about as much as we can on relationships. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Um, 
Well, and I just want to say, you know, we could have gone down any any one rabbit hole. I mean, there's so many layers, but I think we did. It was nice to sort of lay the groundwork, I'd say, for what it's like to be in relationship with each other, which is really one of the richest, most primary, critical, primitive parts of being a human. We need that. I mean, it's it's imperative for our, our ability to thrive. So um, definitely a worthwhile conversation. Thanks for having it with me. Um, no, I appreciate people can, your amazing yeah. insights. But, yeah, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, okay, so as you said, I'm at heydrrachel.com. It's uh, heydrrachel.com. And I'm at, at pur- uh, Power Purpose Pros on Instagram, on YouTube. You should just be able to find me at Dr. Rachel. And um, thank you so much for having me, Rudy. I'm such a fan. Zen Teachings is amazing and i love listening to the podcast your voice is so soothing and and your insights are so deep and and so wise so it's been such an honor to get to participate here with you well it's really i really really appreciate that very kind of you to say um and i sincerely enjoyed this conversation i'm glad that we've made this connection and i look forward to talking to you soon all right All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. You have a great night. Okay. You too. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.